the Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked, the leading provider of at-home health tests. Are you looking to improve your hormone levels? With Let's Get Checked, you could do a simple at-home health test that will give you a complete picture of your hormonal health in just five days. Did you know that hormone imbalance symptoms can range from feeling tired all the time to insomnia, breast tenderness, and changes in blood pressure? Female hormone function is important for a number of different functions. Polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, ovarian failure, low ovarian reserve, early menopause, menopause, thyroid issues, and ovulation function. And some of the main symptoms of thyroid imbalance include weight gain, fatigue or feeling tired all the time, mood changes, skin rashes, and headaches. So, how does the process work? Your test is delivered straight to your door. All you have to do is self-collect your blood sample from the tip of your finger and mail the sample back to their accredited laboratories in a prepaid label. You will also receive support and guidance from the LGC medical team, who are available 24-7 to offer you the personalized advice you need to know your hormonal health. This week, Let's Get Checked wants to invite you to join their community with a 30% off discount code, MORNING30. So if you want to find out what's going on with your body, visit Let's Get Checked and order your test today. It's good to know. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. When arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity lines. described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Murder. A lot of killers, those who want fame and glory, adopt a calling card, something that makes them unique and sure to be remembered. On July 31st, 1967, a man was born who would take on a truly unique M.O., but be given a nickname that belonged to another. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Heriberto Seda was born on July 31, 1967, in New York, New York. When he was in high school, the usually bright boy brought a starter pistol to school, earning him an expulsion and mandatory counseling, which he refused to attend and instead dropped out completely. He continued living with his mother and half-sister well into adulthood and, because he was unemployed, remained under his mother's financial care. So there he was, at 26 years old, unemployed, getting money from his mother, and earning a small living by stealing coins from payphones and vending machines. He had also spent years mentally and physically abusing his teenage half-sister, Gladys. Then, on June 18, 1996, police were called to handle a situation at the Seda home. 
According to testimony, Heriberto threatened Gladys and her boyfriend with a gun. The boyfriend ran and hid in the bedroom while Gladys tried to escape through the front window. That's when Heriberto discharged his weapon and shot the young girl in the bottom. She was wounded, but not incapacitated, and made her way to the neighbor's apartment to call 911. When police showed up, Heriberto wasn't cooperating. An hours-long standoff ensued before he finally lowered his weapons through the window to police. Now, initially, this incident was chalked up to family violence, and Heriberto was led away to a jail cell awaiting questioning. But when he wrote his handwritten statement to police about the crime against Gladys, police noticed a familiar symbol closing out the letter. It was a symbol being used in a series of taunting letters being sent to police by an unidentified killer working in New York City from 1990 to 1993. One that they were calling the Zodiac. No, not the infamous Zodiac killer, but a second one who went on two crime sprees over the course of three years, killing people, according to his letters, who he viewed as evil. He also went on to state that he purposely selected each of his victims by their astrological signs, hoping to kill one from each sign. The letters seemed to begin before the killing, and initially, police thought it was all one big hoax. They were proven wrong on March 8, 1990, when a man donning a ski mask shot Mario Orozco, a Scorpio, in the back and left him for dead. Mario survived his attack, but the bullet remained lodged next to his spine. Just 21 days later, he attacked Gemini Germain Montenegro. He was shot in the torso through his liver, but ultimately survived the attack. On May 31, 1990, he shot Joseph Prance, a Taurus, who died in the hospital three weeks later, therefore becoming the Zodiac's first casualty. Homeless man and cancer, Larry Param, was shot in the chest while sleeping on a bench in Central Park on June 19, 1990. The bullet just barely missed his aorta and exited through his armpit. He survived and reported that, in the days before his shooting, a stranger had asked him what his astrological sign was. Near his body, like at the other scenes, was a note containing his sign and, this time, also containing a single fingerprint. More letters were sent to the media, but for about two years, the Zodiac seemed to disappear. It wasn't until August 10, 1992, when Patricia Fonte, a Leo, was found dead, having been shot twice and stabbed over a hundred times, that police realized that the Zodiac was back in action. She was his second kill. A year later, on June 4, 1993, James Weber was shot in the leg as he was walking. James, a Libra, survived his injuries. A few weeks later, on June 20th, John Diacone, Virgo, was shot in the head at close range. He did not survive and became victim number three. And finally, on October 2, 1993, Diane Ballard was shot in her neck. The bullet very barely missed vital arteries, but lodged into her spine and left her partially paralyzed. She was a Taurus. Police began connecting all of the attacks, the three murders, and the numerous letters, and looked diligently for this so-called Zodiac killer. And for a while, it was speculated that the Zodiac and the infamous Zodiac that terrorized California were one and the same. The similarities in their MO, especially the coded letters, could not be ignored. So, the letters became their main piece of evidence. The problem was, many of them were written in code, and no one was able to crack it. 
Not until New York Post journalist Kieran Crawley, with the help of his father-in-law, decoded the letters based on the international maritime signal flags. He claimed that not only was he killing based on the victim's astrological signs, but only killed when specific stars were visible in the night sky. A consultation with astronomers provided predictions about the dates of his kills that seemed fairly accurate. The letters also provided saliva that was later tested and connected to one Heriberto Seda. Between the saliva, fingerprint, and handwriting analysis, there was no question that Heriberto was their man. He was brought to trial, during which he repeatedly had outbursts and screamed at the judge, and six weeks later, on June 24, 1998, Heriberto Seda was found guilty and given 232-year sentence. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on August 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.